I'm Jeff Bellin. Welcome to Office Hours. So today uh, we've got uh, Bill Bray, who's a former Major League Baseball player, played about six years in uh, the big leagues uh, for the Washington Nationals and the Cincinnati Reds, and is a 3L here at William & Mary Law School. That's right, and an all-around terrific person. He's a really nice guy. He's got a very interesting perspective on that unique experience of playing in the major leagues and then, of course, transitioning to law school. Yeah, he, he kind of uh, drew a bunch of neat comparisons between the pressure of being a top athlete and uh, the pressure of being a, a, a law yeah. student and then a litigator yeah. uh, going forward. And would you guess, it turns out being a major <laughs> league baseball star is uh, more intense than being a law student. Very high pressure and seems like no one is sympathetic, that you either perform or you get out. Right. And, and the neat thing about speaking with him, which I didn't fully think about till uh, just hearing it from him, is, you know, a lot of people want to be a pro athlete, sure. NBA, Major League Baseball, sure. and a lot of people are trying. Very few people make it. And once you've made it and kind of come out of that, and then you're kind of going through the rest of your life, you know, you have a whole different perspective than, than everybody else, having kind of achieved this thing that is such a big deal in our society. It's pretty outstanding what he brings to the table. And on top of it, he is very smart. He's done... He went to William & Mary undergrad. He has a degree in business. Yeah. And now very centered, focused. Uh, this is something else that came centered, up uh, after. The, the kind of discipline that it takes to be a top athlete and then the discipline to be a successful law student. I mean, these are transferable uh, facets, right? Like that you can... Uh, you can move if you if you have the discipline for one, you can probably succeed in the other. Yeah, well, I think it goes one way. <laughs> I have I have a certain amount of discipline, but I right. could never be a major league baseball star, as you'll hear in this interview. Yeah, you need to find out more about the sport before that happens. Yeah, I know a couple of basic <laughs> material facts. There's a ball involved, a yeah. couple of gloves, people yeah. run around some bases, but that's right. about where my knowledge ends. Right, that's a big obstacle. If you don't understand the sport, you're right. going to have trouble succeeding at it, and uh, and then beyond on that I'm not sure you'd, you'd be a good player I don't mean that in a negative way well, I think because the world needs you to do other things I guess. sure yeah God gives and God takes is what you're saying <laughs> um, well lucky for me I I have this gig so yeah please. so stay tuned I think this is a, a, a will be interesting uh, and entertaining Thank you for being here. Welcome to Office Hours. Thanks for having me. We're delighted. Yes. This time, uh, unlike the last time when I think I was waiting to see if I'd be happy, I think I'm, I'm already happy that we have uh, Bill Bray here today. Are you a big fan of Bill's? N not as much a fan as you were of our last guest, no. But uh, I'm excited that we have uh, someone, I was just saying this, someone, I think he, Bill has the most Twitter followers of anyone in the law school community. Yeah. And that impresses me. It's an impressive thing. There's a lot about Bill that's impressive, <laughs> and we're going to get him to talk about some of that stuff. But yeah, Bill is a celebrity here at William & Mary. We'll start blushing here in a second. Yeah, okay. you can't see it because it's a podcast, but he's <laughs> blushing in a big way. Yeah, the other thing is strange. We're going to do the whole uh, interview without hearing from Bill at yeah, all. Yeah, it's just, it's, today <laughs> it's just <laughs> Professor Bell and like, me. And we'll describe his reactions. The other, <laughs> thing that, the other thing that's interesting is, I, so I walked the halls just before this, this kind of research we do, and I'm checking in with the professors about Bill Bray, and I'm like, so did you have Bill Bray in a class? 
a few of them knew who, who he was. Okay. All thought highly of him. Uh-huh. Many of them didn't even know he played baseball professionally. It's it doesn't seem like he's he's telling people or maybe you know not bragging about it. He's just kind of you know if you ask the right question you'll find out. But otherwise you don't know. Yeah. If I had an a fraction of the talent that this gentleman has, <laughs> I'd be screaming through the hallway. Yeah, so I'd let's, be let's start. Let's start. Baseballs. Let's start. Let's get him in on this. Let's start <laughs> hey, with that. Uh, like, when you your typical conversation when you got here as a one L with the other students, like, ha- how long did it take before it came out that you had played major league baseball? Uh, you know, honestly, it didn't take too too long, simply because I, I didn't want to lie. I was going to be here for three <laughs> three years. Um, it was coming out. It, it was coming out at some point, and you know. I had used the construction worker. I had used the consultant, you know, type job explanation. Uh-huh. You know, when you meet somebody in passing, and I just decided at some point, you know what, I'm just going to be honest and say, yeah, I, I played baseball and it was a lot of fun, but you know, that time's over and on to something else. Did people recognize you, or was it the kind of thing that, like, you were making small talk and it came out that way? I will say that that very first day, where, <coughs> excuse me, when we had that. I guess it was at the the movie theater in the theater oh, in I Colonial Williamsburg. I, I, you, I didn't, didn't you, didn't, you didn't go? No. And we're sitting there, and Dean Douglas talks about, oh, we have a major league baseball Oh, I did go to that. Okay. And I went the to guy class. next to me looked at me and goes, that's you. And, <laughs> and I went. So Dean oh. Douglas outed you right from the get-go. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but no, other than that, no, nobody ever – no, but it's interesting because you actually played for the local team it's as much as we have a local team, right, the Washington Nationals. And mm-hmm. so it's possible that people could, if they were big-time baseball fans, they would probably have recognized you. Yeah, I, I think if, if you followed William Mary Baseball, I oh, mean, that too, you right. know, locally and then the Nationals, I, I wasn't there very long. I so I, um, Cincinnati more. Right. So I, I played for the Nationals for about six weeks before getting traded to the Reds. Okay. And, and so it was really quick. Um, and then being a left-handed specialist – you know, you kind of you get up to go get a drink while you're watching the game, and I'm in now the game before you even get back. You right. know, it's okay. only pitch. So, right. Right. Oh, that's neat. well, so let's back up before we get to your illustrious career here at William and Mary, and then in the Major League Baseball circuit. I want to talk about who Bill Bray is. Where are you from? Virginia Beach. You're from Virginia Beach, so mm-hmm. you're a local Virginian. Yes. And did you grow up playing baseball? You must have. It wasn't something you decided to do your freshman year of college. Clearly. No, I wish I was that good. No, I I played my whole life. I don't remember not playing baseball. Really? Uh, yeah, that, that was something I was going to ask. So um, I have a kid who uh, thinks he's going to be an NBA player, and I think that that's very common. I think I, as a kid, thought I would be a baseball player, and I didn't even make, like, any team of any kind. So I, I just – I'm curious kind of from your perspective, like, like, what does it take? Like, what did it take for you to get to that – like, to get to the Major League Baseball level? Like, how hard was that? Um. It, it takes a, a little bit of luck, a ton of hard work, and I guess being blessed by God with a certain amount of talent that you can work up to. Um, you know, for those out there that don't really know my story, like I, I played two years at junior varsity baseball, so I didn't Funny. even make varsity right away. Uh-huh. Um, you I barely them, didn't you? I, I kind <laughs> of, yeah. So I, I barely squeaked into college playing. Wow. Um, but freshman year of college, I grew three inches and put on 30 pounds, and all of a sudden, my fastball started reaching 95, and then it really became, like, I always knew I was going to make it, but didn't know how I was going to make it. Uh-huh. So you always knew you were going to make it. What What do you mean? Like, you felt, as somebody who is plagued by constant self-doubt, <laughs> what does that kind of confidence feel like where you're, what's the moment that you think, yeah, this is going to be my future, I'm going to do this? 
so I I just knew I was always going to play. Like I don't I don't. Like, you can't describe it any. I other can't way. I can't describe like how I knew. I yeah. just knew, and it was very you know looking back I'm like wow that was really foolish I should have done better and focused more on my homework in high school <laughs> because but um no I I probably figured it out my freshman year in college when I went out for that first game and my velocity jumped and a couple scouts came up to me after the game and said you know hey fill this out and mm-hmm. it, it just kind of took off from there but yeah I always knew deep down I was going to be a big leaguer I just didn't quite know how I was going to get there. And were you were you working harder than other players or or not? I mean, or is it this kind of the talent or just some mechanic thing happened where you were able to throw it that fast? I mean, I think it it's definitely both. It's choices you make. Like in college, it's whether you're out every weekend partying. It's it's whether you're hanging out with friends or doing your homework or getting in extra time in the bullpen or you know doing the little things. What's off the, the bullpen? Field. What do you mean? So the bullpen is the area of the field. It's just off the field in most places. Okay. So where the but not re- the dugout. The relief pitchers sit during the game. Got it. Okay. We call that the bullpen. Now I'm. Don't ask me why. Got it. So okay. So you you're there every three second you get between your homework and. It sounds like practice. you weren't you weren't doing your homework. Is that right? No, not not originally. No. <laughs> okay. Because no. you knew you were going to be. I could just imagine the conversation in your house because we have this conversation and it's. You also have to be ready in case you don't make the NBA, and uh, and kind of for you, you were right. Like you as a kid were right to say, actually no, I'm I'm fine here. I'm just going to work on some more pitches. I mean, I did all right in high school. <laughs> I had a three six, and okay. you know, first time around at William Mary, I had a three one. But right. you know, I should have done better. Looking yeah. back, it, right. it's kind no, of I didn't mean like, that oh, at a critical sense. I had a lot sense. more time than I thought I had. Yeah, I right. could have done homework and gone to class more. <laughs> you get to William and Mary and you're playing in high school what are your parents saying to you I don't think my parents had any idea there was always that hope that I would play in college because that's what I wanted to do and they supported me Um, you know the most fantastic thing my parents did is they were always there Uh and they pushed me when I didn't you know hard enough to make me uncomfortable to continue to grow in baseball and then they supported me and lifted me up when I couldn't pick myself up and I wanted to quit Uh and so they I mean they were just a rock that I could always depend on okay so it wasn't just you it was just kind of a team that got you where you where you got to oh yeah it's a, it's a yeah if I claim it was just me like I'd be struck by lightning when I walk out of here <laughs> you know okay so then you come to William and Mary and you you try out for the team or you're recruited right out of high school so I, I came with a scholarship you came with a scholarship mm-hmm. great and you go out for that first game and your arm throws a 95 mile an hour fastball right around there yeah that's insane. So that's reckless driving in Virginia, if that helps. If you're going 95? If you're going 95, okay. like, that's a felony. So you're throwing felony fastballs. <laughs> you talk to some scouts, and what happens next? Uh, you know, you just keep playing. And you go to summer baseball, and you play all summer. So, like, instead of taking internships like most college students or going home and working for the summer, I spent my first summer in Ashburn, North Carolina, playing another 60 games and – and then uh, things really took off my second summer playing in Cape Cod, which is kind of a all-star league for collegiate baseball. And uh, did really well there and met my wife there, which was pretty cool. Okay. What, was, what was she doing there? So her family um, is from the Cape, and she just happened – she worked at a T-shirt shop, and one of the guys on the team brought his girlfriend for the summer, and this girl, Stephanie – 
worked with my wife and said, hey, you know, why don't you come to a game with me? And we met, and that was it. I was done. Huh. Wow. That's great. Lucky her. She was just working at a t-shirt no, it's shop? No, l- it's lucky me. Well, lucky no, you. Yeah, no. lucky, you. lucky you both. No, All she, right, we get She's it. smarter, more, more successful. You know, like I, look, she, needs, she, she wants a lot of credit. She's got to come on the podcast. <laughs> right. Right. You, you get on the podcast, then we're your biggest Yeah, your what's biggest her name? Elaine. Elaine. Elaine, call us. Okay? <laughs> we'll get you on. All right, so excellent. So you're playing in these summer leagues, and then you come back to William & Mary for another year. You play another year here, right? Mm-hmm. And you're in class at the same time. Are you stressed? Are you thinking about your classwork at all? Yeah, I mean, I, you always have to have a backup plan. Right. And and I think that's where I look back and I kind of say, well, I, I should have done better mm-hmm. simply because knowing what I know now about how important grades are and at least getting your foot in the door in certain places, like it, I should have done better in class. I, I always wanted to be a stockbroker. Um, I was majoring in finance and business. Mm-hmm. And, um, Sounds like you like so adrenaline. I, I, I do. I like, I like, I like pressure. Like I imagine stockbrokers. Uh-huh. I, I like competition. Yeah. All right. So at some point you get drafted, mm-hmm. and is that and that causes you to leave William Mary early? Is that right? Yeah. So I, I left after my junior year. Okay. And where do you get drafted to? So I got well, you get drafted by a team, but you go to the minor leagues. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so you get drafted by a team, but they're like, first, make this pit stop. Yeah, and there's six of them. Okay. So, I mean, that that's kind of the difference between baseball and, say, the NBA right. or the NFL is you get drafted in baseball and you kind of disappear into the void of the minor leagues for a while. And do lots of people just perish there? like, Or do, do most people who get drafted into the minor league or get drafted and then go to the minor leagues end up going on to play for the team that recruited them? About 13% of guys that get drafted overall make it to the major leagues. Wow. So you're kind of like, wow. I got drafted, but I'm still a I'm long afraid. ways from my goal. Right. So what about what about the moment? There must be some moment when you get called to go to the Major League Baseball. Well, tell us about that moment. So I, I was in Omaha, and I got a call and said, hey, you're, you're going up to the big leagues. And, you know, the first thing that I thought was, so I think the night before I had thrown a ball away, I had fielded a ground ball and came back to me and threw it in the right field. I was like, oh, my God, I got to go practice fielding ground balls now because I can't <laughs> do this. In the and, uh, but now, like it's just kind of a surreal feeling like you, you're going and you're calling your family and your friends. And I called Elaine, I called her family, and you, know, you want everybody to come in town. Um, and all of a sudden you're setting up plane flights for people to come. Wow. You can just see it on his face. So again, the audio is, yeah. is hurting us here, but you, you can see that you just your description. Now he's, he's like the, the coolest character you've ever met. But in sure. this moment, you can Eyes see that widened. he's yeah. This is like the real the real Bill comes out, and he's he's still affected by That's this right. moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm affected by it. That sounds incredible. <laughs> so okay, so you get dra- you you you're gonna have to give me the terminology one more time because you've already been drafted, but you get in that first round pick. Right? Yep. So your your first round, I was a first round draft pick. Okay. Have you talked to anyone stupider in no, your life I mean, about sports before? <laughs> I'm like, so there's a ball. No. And so the glove. You, like, you, yeah. Let's you, not talk you, about the ball. You would be the again. kind of you know person that I think every baseball player you know would like to meet. You know, just like my wife who didn't you know what's a strike zone? Try explaining what a strike zone is. Elaine gets it. You know and. You know, I said, hey, meet me by the bullpen after the game. <laughs> you know, what's a bullpen? And All I right, go, there you go. So, this you is know, a common these are great, concern. This great would be the first, the first place to go. If you want to learn about baseball, you come to the podcast. That's and you right. Learn, right. So you get drafted, you go through the minor leagues, and then you get that phone call saying, congratulations, you're being called up to the major league club. And for me, it was you're going to fly out, you know, tonight, and you're going to meet the team in Milwaukee. 
and and this know. is which team? Is this the Reds? Or this the is when I was with the Nationals. With the Nationals, okay. So who was like the biggest star on the Nationals at that point? Bill Bray. No, de- <laughs> definitely not. No, um, Jack Cordero. Probably, okay. I mean, it was a great team. Jose Vidro, um, Levon Hernandez, who had won a oh, World sure. Series with okay. the Marlins, uh, Brian Snyder. Yeah, I mean, no, that would be <laughs> oh, the Orioles. Oh, the Orioles, that, okay. And he retired a few years before okay. me. Okay, all right. At but least BJ Sarkov. You got No, one. I don't think BJ was playing either. Even though <laughs> B, BJ was one of my favorite players growing up, but, you know, he had retired by then. Okay. Uh, this is like me, too. My baseball knowledge so ends. Ryan Zimmerman. You probably know who Ryan Zimmerman is. He yeah, was, and I, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know Ryan well, Zimmerman. That. All right, the point is you, you get to – it's not just like you're going to a team, but probably people that you've followed and, and like, mm-hmm. kind of you're, you're excited to just be in the same room with these people. Yeah, I mean, it, it's unbelievable just walking into the club. I say, you know, maybe more than my debut, getting traded to the Reds was probably a, a bigger, hmm. like, nervousness because I walked in and Ken Griffey Jr. was sitting on the couch. <gasps> That's a name I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who doesn't know Ken Griffey Jr.'s name? Wow. I, mean, I played his video games growing up. <laughs> Never thought I'd play against him nor with him. Uh-huh. And I get in, and he's the first guy I see. You know, how do you introduce yourself to a Hall of Famer like Griffey? Like, hi, Ken, <laughs> Mr. Griffey. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then how does the trade happen? Like, do you feel sad? Part of me always feels a little bit sad for the people who get traded. Obviously, there's a bidding war over you. You're Bill Bray. Right, but, but yeah, but so yeah, you, you keep you keep like over exaggerating that. I appreciate it, but <laughs> no, I was only traded once in my career, and I had this feeling I was getting traded. I don't know why. Hmm. So, but it sounds like you were really in touch with you in, your intuition. I, I guess yeah. sometimes, and uh, but yeah, we came back from the All Star break, and we're sitting in the locker room. We're getting ready to fly to Pittsburgh, and one of the coaches walks in and goes, "Hey, I gotta see Bill Bray and Gary Majeski and Royce Clayton." And just a r- random, uh-huh. and we just kind of look around, and like, Gary, who's one of my best friends, says, "All right, guys, we'll see you later." Aww. And we walk in, and they go, "Hey, we got a trade. We couldn't refuse. We appreciate everything, and uh, you know, best of luck. You're going to Cincinnati tomorrow." Uh-huh. <gasps> and you're kind of like, "What? What do you mean I'm getting traded? It's I just got here. Yeah, I've been, right. here, I've been here six weeks, and uh-huh. I'm." And did you have a sense like, "Oh, maybe we could talk about it," or, or was it? It's just like you don't have any say. No, you don't have any wow. say. So uh-huh. um, the next morning, I, I, you know, I, I flew out to Cincinnati. Wow, the next morning. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's it's a very weird feeling because on one hand you feel like the team you were on didn't want you anymore. Yeah. But then on the other hand, the team that you're going to yeah. really wanted you. Right. So it. So it's also just a big dislocation, right? I imagine you have roots wherever you were, and then mm-hmm. uh, then you're moved. It because this doesn't happen yet, yeah. but. Maybe you could imagine like a law school, like I could get traded by William and Mary yeah. to like. And you might after this podcast. <laughs> Seriously, right? I get a call from the dean, like, come on down. You're out. Yeah. yeah. You're and out. That, we we be... sold your contract. You <laughs> know? Sold your contract. And just the idea that I have, I'd have no say. I'd just be like, okay. Right. And I got to be, I got to teach tomorrow in like, you know, USC or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, what, you, what do you, what are you I tried to pick a good, a, a decent school just to make it exciting. Um, yeah, I know. I feel like from my perspective, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at Bill Bray the human, and I'm wondering, you know, what that feels like to be traded like a, a commodity, but you're much more than that. No, I mean, I, th- I think that's a common mis- – like, you are a commodity. Right. Like, that's what baseball comes down to at that point. You are a person, and, you know, the team – likes you as a person and feels for you as a person but at the end of the day i'm a business commodity i'm an asset wow. to that organization that can mm-hmm. be traded i can be let go if i'm not performing so it, right. it's really about your performance yeah, on yeah. the field so 
and that's the tough thing for young players to understand mm. is that you know yet yes you are a person but at the same time it, it's just business so you get to cincinnati and you start playing with them and how long are you at cincinnati for about six years Wow. So, so you played, is that right, like six years in the major leagues? Is that about right? I got or? a little over five. I spent a ton of time on the Injuries. disabled list. Uh -huh. All right, yeah. so I was thinking that in, instead of kind of just walking through baseball, what we could do now is kind of switch gears, and, and uh, hopefully it'll come out. But we'll, we'll try and kind of compare your law school experience to your baseball experience. Because I, th I think there's, there's, you know, I haven't played a lot of major league baseball, but I think that there's a lot of similarities between what we call the big leagues sure. baseball and, you know, the big leagues of law school. Right. All right, so uh, so I mean you can you, you're looking at me like I'm crazy, so maybe I need to start off. I just think uh, with like you are you're calling it the big leagues of law school, and I, just <laughs> think, I think maybe you're you're reaching for something that you never had. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, you know, I actually wanted to be a major league baseball player as a kid, and you know, I like was lucky to have a glove. Uh, so, uh, all right, so so uh, this is how I was thinking about it. Uh, so, I think one thing we can think about, and I I grabbed this from a William Mary press release, is that. Kind of, uh, you you had at one point you pitched in the um, National League playoffs. What what like level was it? Was it like divisional or the? Um, it was the divisional series, so the first round of the playoffs right. before they had the wild card. All right, so you come in, and Michaela might not fully appreciate this, but you know there's there's probably like tens of thousands of people watching this game, and in comes Bill Bray, and you know it's it's like the world to people. Right. You're a baseball fan uh, for your team, and so you, and so I imagine there's a ton of pressure that you come in and kind of pitch well in that situation. And, and so kind of, you know, looking at people always say like, oh, well, law school is really tough. Uh, talk about the comparison. Is, is there any comparison between the kind of pressure you feel in baseball and the kind of uh, pressure in law school? Uh, y yes and no. Um, you know, like I, I remember running into that game and like just trying not to balk with my leg shaking on the mound so, so much. And all I could think of was, please let me throw a strike. You know, uh -huh. not throw the ball to the backstop in front mm -hmm. of 50,000 people. Sure. Um, and we got no hit that game for the first time in 50 years. So wow. That, that you took where the other <coughs> pitcher was doing really well. Yeah, Roy Holiday. And, uh, but, you know, I didn't – I don't feel a ton of pressure in law school. You know, taking an exam is kind of like going out to pitch. Like, if you uh -huh. do everything you can to prepare to succeed, yeah. once you step between the lines, like, then you go out there and do the best you can. And – so I approach law school the exact same way. Like I do the best I can to prepare, and then I go take the test, and I go home and say, "Well, that was the best I could do." Uh -huh. um, but I, I think the comp, the competitiveness between students to be at the top of the class, and the competition between students of one school and another school for jobs, mm -hmm. especially at the top end, or even just you know getting a job after law school. Yeah, I, I think it's very similar. Huh. I've seen I've seen puppy dogs in this school <laughs> to help people deal with stress right. and coloring did they, books did they have that horrible. did they have that in the in at the cincinnati reds the puppy dogs to help you uh kick back no no they <laughs> yeah. just they told you to do better or go home yeah <laughs> right They're like you're a commodity <laughs> they ratcheted up the stress in the in baseball so that that was probably an advantage for you that you'd kind of been through the pressure cooker and uh not, so like when professor stern called on you you were kind of like i can handle this I, I think that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, being almost 35, like when Professor Stern calls on me, I just don't mind being wrong. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't scare me. The right. cold call is like, okay, well, yeah. Totally. Yeah, same well, thing. I'm like, 30, I and I got to tell you, those cold calls still scare me. Right. But you didn't spend any time in the major leagues. That was your mistake. The, you know what? Stop rubbing it in. <laughs> okay, as good as the you pressure were. you were talking yeah. about, though, 
I see a lot of similarities between going out and performing on the field, very much performing in a big case or any case for that mm-hmm. fact, because, you know, I played a game for a living. Yeah. yeah. Which was awesome. Nobody was living or dying. Nobody was going to jail on me or nobody was losing money on my performance necessarily on how I prepared for a case. So I, you know, the litigation side of being a, a lawyer is, I think, extremely pressure packed. Yeah, still to come for you is, is a return to the pressure that you felt uh, back then. And it sounds like you, you'd kind of relish that. You, that's something you're looking for. I liked pitching. Uh, <laughs> but if you asked me to get up and talk in front of that stadium, I couldn't do it. it oh, interesting. I, yeah, I, I have to hold on to the podium when I give a speech in class. Like, it does not go well. No, I don't like speaking in public. It makes it makes me nervous you know uh-huh. I, I do it and i try hard at it but you know i'm definitely uncomfortable so my hats are off to attorneys that go out there and routinely litigate and interesting well, well you're doing great right now so let me yeah actually you're yeah, a I great wouldn't have known. speaker well that's because of you guys you're making it so no, easy. We're, we're professional this is our what like fourth one of this right so we're a professional podcast yeah, we're professionals. Uh, we get paid a lot for this <laughs> i was gonna say but this fits my theory and this is what i was trying to push you on in the beginning is you know like i have this sense of the world as like most people are really good at things because they practice a ton mm-hmm. and and that even like people like michael jordan like you know maybe there's this kind of talent piece to it but he also just put in tons of work mm-hmm. and that so you know and, and i think you know you'd know about that for baseball uh but for me like i wasn't really good at speaking uh and then i just forced myself to do a lot of things and trial advocacy classes and things and at some point when i started as a prosecutor i got to a point where I just stopped being nervous and I started being good at it. Not because any magic, it was just I'd done it enough mm-hmm. that I got good at it. And, I, and I'm, you know, you're already good at it, but the same kind of thing will happen for you. So which of your professors do you think would make it in the big leagues? Oh, <laughs> we just, we just, you just threw me right. See, that was that curveball question <laughs> I was wondering about earlier. Which professor would Oh, I, I, I tried to ask it in a nice way. I didn't ask, like, who wouldn't make it, right? I think that would be unfair. Yeah. But we well, could say, like, who would make it. it's probably easier to identify who would yeah. versus who wouldn't because you'd have a very long answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, I mean, I'm... You had a question like this. Like, we could say it this way. Yeah, like, who would be your first-round pick? Yeah. Who would be my first-round pick? Yeah. I, I think Professor Grove. Grove. Yeah. I mean, I think love that's it. she took a really difficult topic with civil procedure mm-hmm. and, and made it understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, for that bulldog closer at the back, Professor Giordano teaching labor law. Yeah. I mean, he, he was intense and he's right to it. And, you know, so. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't had him, but I am currently in Professor Grove's federal courts class. And talk about pressure. I gotta <laughs> tell you, that cold call system is yeah. rough. Yeah. She's like a grown up Hermione to me. She like knows everything. That's a great call. You know, if you th- if just thinking about that from what I know, I think that's th- I wouldn't have thought of that right off the top of my head. But now that you say it, I think she could make she has the kind of yeah. grit to make it in the major. She leagues. does. So what do you want to do with your law degree and what brought you to law school? And are the two related? So that's changed over time. So I, I got out I gra- when I graduated from William & Mary, or right before I graduated, I started calling people I respected in baseball. I knew I wanted to stay in baseball. Um, and said, you know, what are there jobs available now? And everybody said no. And I said, really? And they said, no, no jobs. And I said, okay. So I, I called the union, and I said, you know, I'm interested in working for the union. What's available? Nothing. You know, so the next question is, well, what can I do to make myself marketable? And they said, go to law school. I go, 
that's not going to work. Like, how is that? <laughs> You're like, I want oh, it I, now. I was like, I majored in finance. You know, like, I barely read a book right. in college. And they said, go to law school. And it, I mean, it came back unanimous. I asked eight or ten people. And, Interesting. You know, in places all throughout baseball and the business world, and everybody said, you know, like, with a degree in law, you can do anything. And then I started talking with my agents. Mm-hmm. And you're still representing players. You're out there fighting for their rights, and you're advocating for them. Right. That's what I'm doing right now. And, um, you know, I'm working for Octagon Baseball as an agent advisor. And, and then, too, my love for the law has just kind of grown. I really do enjoy it. And we'll be an associate attorney with O.J. Smith and Quarles in Williamsburg. Well, and it has to be unique. I don't know if there's other, if you know of other players, but, I mean, if you're talking to a player from, from this vantage point where you've got your law degree and you're advising them, the fact that you have been a player has to carry weight with them, I think. So uh, as far as I know, um, I'm the only one. Neat. Wow. Uh-huh. So there, there's a few guys that played in the minor leagues that are attorneys that are practicing as agents, but I'm the only one that I know of that you know, has experience at the major league level that's an attorney Neat. or that will be an attorney. And, and so like the, the things I think of, there's Jerry Maguire, right, obviously, and then there's the show Ballers. Mm-hmm. And so, like, where are you in that spectrum in your mind? Do you know these shows? Okay. Th- those guys are way ahead of me because they, <laughs> they had, you know, big league clients I see. And, and guys in the NFL. Uh, well, Jerry Maguire had, like, one client at yeah. some point. That's all you need. Right, right. You need to get that ball rolling. I've, I've got a player from William Mary who was in the minor leagues, is in the minor leagues now, and then I'm advising a couple amateur players. Uh-huh. So. Um, but in terms of lifestyle, then, so you're not the rock, basically. No, no, there, there would be no confusing. <laughs> you know, I'm not Scout Forest by any means. Uh, you know, maybe one day, but not right now. Right. Well, you're just at the beginning. But I just meant like where you were going with your, uh, with your kind of path here. I, you know, I, I think that would be the goal. Definitely not, you know, the lifestyle of the rock and, and the baller, um, HBO series. You know, I'm, I'm not out of at the clubs party and, and yeah like that seems that, like an unwise uh choice yeah. i think i mean i think the the saying nothing good happens after midnight you know kind of stands yeah. out um but yeah eventually you know handling major league players and you know continuing to help them perform on the field by taking care of things off the field okay i mean that's the thing that my agents did for me is they made everything off the field so easy that i, I could focus on the field <laughs> clearly all about family we've talked about elaine can't wait to have her on the podcast (laughs) um your teammates are like a family your agents are like a family and you have a family of your Mm -hmm. own you have three little daughters is that right yes not so little one of your oldest is eight five and two oh my gosh a family man on top of it unbelievable and so as a dad who has been through this you know pursuing a dream that um, takes a lot of time, a lot of practice, can sometimes result in physical injuries. Would you let your daughters go into baseball or professional athlete, athletics, knowing what you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, we have a son on the way in April. Oh, my gosh. But, Congratulations. Well, thank thank you, so. But, it, but if you're asking, no, it's not a <laughs> reveal. <laughs> breaking, <laughs> breaking news on the I'm lost. So I'm, you know, if, if, if Elaine walks in, you, you'd notice at this point. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's, it got out. Two months, but oh my it, it's gosh. been out for a while. Um yeah, I, I would let them play any sports that they wanted. You know, maybe my son in football, that would be a consideration with the head sure. injuries. But, you know, I mean, you play baseball. Like, I was 60 feet away from guys hitting baseballs, you know, 110 miles an hour back at me. So, it were bats breaking and, you know, projectiles. So, it, I think it's 
you know the risk of the game when you play. Yeah. Um, you know, if my daughters want to play softball, then, you know, maybe we would look into the mask, you know, or the same thing like, the, you know, the, I think they wear them in field hockey too. I mean, y you take the risk. Yeah. But I, I think that's part of growing up too. You have to take some risk. Okay, well, I have a little game to play with you if you don't mind. All right. Okay. So there are some obscure rules in the MLB rule book. I don't know how closely you read yours. Not that closely. Not that closely. We'll okay, this will be fun. So here's your job. You're going to tell me if this obscure rule that I'm going to read you is true or false. If it's oh, this real is make me look or bad. This fake. is going to be one of those situations where we're like, cut, cut. Cut, <laughs> cut it. Well, look, if it doesn't work, we'll edit it out, right? Yeah. Wit? Wit's texting. He doesn't care. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, real or fake? If a fielder deflects a fair ball into the stands, it counts as a home run. Unless the deflection somehow manages to occur 250 feet or closer to home plate, in which case all runners only advance two bases. That'd be true. You're right. <laughs> and so much confidence. You knew that one. Gosh, you're right. Okay. Next one. Real or fake? All runners, including the batter, advance three bases if a fielder intentionally touches a fair batted ball with their cap, mask, or any other part of their uniform, quote, detached from the proper place on his person. All runners advance two bases if the same thing happens on a thrown ball. I'm going to say that that is not true. I don't think it's three bases. Is it true? It is true. I, I would have said it's true just because how could you make that up? <laughs> like, lady, See, you I didn't know what a bullpen was. <laughs> you didn't. You can't make that up. I, kn I knew that you can't like throw your hat at a ball yeah. and that you advance. I was thinking you added a base. Oh, that would have been a smart way to well, be doing you know, it. Hey, yeah. Three bases. It's a nice uh, punitive damage right there. That's, <laughs> all right, last one. Real or fake? The umpire may inform a player his uniform is too tight should, in his sound discretion, he find a cause for distraction. <laughs> I would say that's true, but it's probably not, because I know that they have a lot of discretion when it comes to uh right, You got to go with yes the, or no. The, the umpire, I'm saying false, because the league's going to go after it. You're so right. I made that one. <laughs> that <laughs> that one sound good. That, that one, that that one, one is sounded. the most likely to catch someone, so good, congratulations Thank on that. Thank you. I think that, that wraps it up. Thanks so much, uh, Bill, for being on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Bill, it's a this pleasure. It's a pleasure. You're my most famous friend, <laughs> and I'm honored to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. So that's our interview with Bill Bray former professional baseball player, and now a 3L here at William & Mary Law School. Yeah, a budding lawyer. He's got a job in town. He's a sports agent and going to be a tremendous advocate for professional baseball players. Yeah, I really do think that if I'm a, a pro baseball player and I'm choosing between agents with legal backgrounds, that the fact that this guy is apparently the only uh, such person who actually played in the big leagues is going to mean a lot to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Another point that came up uh, after the interview was that it sounds like steroid use in the MLB is I about as high as it is here in law school. Yeah, we were afraid to ask that live. We didn't want to put him in a difficult spot, uh, and, and uh, he kind of made light of the fact that because of testing and things, uh, there's less uh, use in Major League Baseball. He pointed out that he never used them and that they weren't talked about, but there's even less now. Uh, but that he was a little worried about some of his uh, 
people that he runs into who seem to be uh, trying too hard at the, in the weight room. That's right. In the <laughs> weight room here at William & Mary. So, yeah, for all you nerd 1Ls who are trying to get big, Bill's got his eye on you. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, and, and we should say um, we've got a podcast coming up next week. We do. But who knows? Who knows? Who will be on it? We are desperately finding guests. (laughs) Get in touch. (laughs) Elaine, we're talking to you.